0: Hello and welcome to the Venture Talks podcast. I'm your host, Robert Fitzhugh from FilmSmart Productions and I help make podcasts for the Venture Business Network. The Venture Talk podcast aims to provide bite-sized information with the sole purpose of helping SMEs and venture members get a better understanding of how people are running their businesses today. In this podcast, you will get hints and tips, as well as practical insight from venture business members on how they run their day-to-day operations. Given the current environment with COVID-19, we decided to make this our focus, particularly around how people are adapting their businesses' practices during this period. Venture Business Network brings together a dynamic community of business owners and leaders, allowing them to share their knowledge and connections to support one another in developing a more successful business. And this is exactly what doing this podcast is all about. In this episode, we are mixing it up. I will be interviewed about my business, FilmSmart Productions, and what I do on a day to day.
1: Okay. Hi, Robert. Great to to talk to you this afternoon. So thanks for ta- taking the time for coming online to share a little bit about your story. So for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, company, and tell us about what you do?
0: Ah, yeah, no problem at all. Thanks so much for... Uh flipping the mic around on me and having me talk for a change. Uh, yeah, so um, for those who are listening or tuned in, uh, my name is Rob Fitzhugh and I run a business called Film Smart Productions and really where the goal or where the idea came from uh, for me was um, I've worked predominantly as a videographer and a filmmaker uh, for a number of years, but i kind of gravitate towards mobile phones. Uh, I always have um, because I'm not, I was never a very tech savvy person um, and I liked the speed and convenience that came with um, shooting and, and you know, photography and videos that came in your phone. So over the years, I've taught filmmaking on phones and I've taught um, kind of businesses and things like that. Uh, and the idea really was to teach people how to use kind of tools they have at their disposals to be able to make kind of quality, uh, low cost, high quality um content for their businesses for social media because nowadays kind of uh video content photography content is more is needed more uh but it's also a little bit more disposable so it's all about kind of getting people um in front of their camera uh giving them the confidence and then showing them the tools that they already have in their pocket they just don't realize they have to be able to make videos to take quality photo- photographs uh edit you know make podcasts things like that
1: Brilliant. I, I, I'm sort of smiling here to myself as I see you on camera because you've got more tripods, gadgets, microphones and bits and pieces. So for somebody who's non-tech, you're highly tech. I would consider myself non-tech and you highly tech, but uh, I, I see a little bit of irony there. Well, but I would why... see myself.
0: yeah. No <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. But why did you, where did your, your love and the grow come from? from for making for making films and then obviously I understand you gravitate into the smartphone side of things for as a business but how did you get into this industry what what sparked that
0: uh god it's a it's so my background originally a long time ago was in festival management uh many moons ago I studied festival management in the in the art sector so that's where I originally started and I always had a keen interest in film um and I wrote about film uh and I talked about it um but I didn't ever kind of uh, actively do it so i had a real hankering on me years ago that i would learn how to do it uh, because i loved it so much i figured i'd, I'd learn how to do it um, and i remember i signed up to go to film school and within the first 20 minutes of film school i was like i don't want to be a filmmaker i would rather help people to make their own films um and gradually from that i combined my two hobbies of festival management that i, I set up a film festival which was the dublin smartphone film festival um, uh, at the same time, I had been making films. I I, I was in college. I was studying. Uh, people were, you know, I, I suppose I found, I went back to college a little bit older and I found it a bit strange that everybody uh, had this weird notion, and to some what they still do, that the more expensive your equipment was, the better the quality of the thing you had, regardless of how much story you put into it, how much effort or thought. There was a general consensus that the more expensive your camera was, the better a filmmaker you were. And I didn't understand that. Uh, and I felt there was some, an element of kind of snobbery or an element of kind of like, oh, your camera's not that good. So your film's not gonna be very good. Um, so I realized very quickly that you could make really high quality video content on your phone. And I loved helping people um, to kind of realize their stuff. So I, I quickly gravitated towards the role of the producer on the film set. I would produce people's content to make sure that they... Uh, I got the best out of the team. I liked working with large groups. I liked people who wanted to learn, wanted to tell a story or loved cameras. They were the people I liked working with. Uh, And gradually over time, uh, I was shooting a lot of content on my phone for businesses and things like that. Just stuff I was doing on the side on top of jobs. And I was training people on filmmaking using their phones. And I noticed that uh, in my classes, business owners were coming to my classes um, because they were looking for little tools and tips they could use to create their own video content. And that got me thinking about a, a market of people out there who who uh, were kind of reliant on the internet to sell their, their, their business or service and didn't know or have the tools uh, to be able to do it. And that's kind of where FilmSmart came from, is I, I thought I would educate people on that side of things.
1: Do you... I'm deviating off our, our questions here no, that we have, yeah. but I think it's really, really interesting. So I suppose personally, I'm I'm fascinated by it as a medium and I think everybody should learn it. And you're going to be running a, uh, a, a an education session for the Venture Business Network on Wednesday. And we're going to be talking more about video hacks and some of these tips and tricks and apps and things that we can use to propel. But do you find that there are certain there's a certain demographic of people who are buying into this a certain type of person or you know what what's your experience in terms of who is actually buying into this
0: well it's really funny um when i first started all this Uh, back even on the filmmaking side of it, I was like, it's a no brainer. And, you know, phones are hip and cool and young people are going to want to know how to use them and all this sort of stuff. And then I realized very quickly that young people knew how to use them because they were grew up with them in their hands. So they were so used to, they'd already picked, I remember I taught a bunch of uh, 14 year olds um, in the Galway Film Fla. uh, And they, they already had a natural understanding of everything. And they understood editing and things like that. They, the stuff that I'd gone to college to learn, they, had, they, they could understand it because they were so immersed in that culture and they're so used to consuming so much online content. Uh, so they were already very quick and savvy with their, with their phones. I found that the demographic that generally tended to appeal to were, were people uh, a little bit older, people who, who didn't necessarily spend the first fifteen. 17 years of their life with a phone in their hand um, and are sort of had, had maybe or people who would maybe done business a specific way. And now there was a requirement for them to change and think a little bit outside the box in promotion. And um, so generally tended to be a little bit older um, uh, were people who, who, who were interested in it. But you know, that's not necessarily always the case. It's just a lot of times uh, a younger population tended to be a little bit more tech savvy and didn't really have the need or had the tools in order to teach themselves how to do it.
1: Okay. And if you were to talk to business owners and say, what's the benefit of doing it? What would you say is the unique selling proposition of learning how to do video on your phone?
0: Well, it gives you the ability to make as much content as you want. It gives you control. You're no longer it's no. it becomes less of a budgetary concern for you you know i mean god i need a video i need videos for social media now you have the tools you know the whole teach a man to fish thing now you're an ability to be able to create your own content uh, with confidence uh, as often as you want uh, rather than you know cherry picking certain moments to pay for companies to come in to make video for you now i still 100 agree that if you want a video for your website uh, you should invest in somebody to do it. If you need professional photos, you should invest in someone to do it because that's content that you will get a uh, year or two or maybe more use out of. But for everything else, uh, especially when it comes to social media and things like that, content has become somewhat disposable. So being in a position to be able to create your own content at, a, at will uh, it, you know, is, is beneficial because you're able to take charge of your own business and brand story and be able to do it yourself Um, And a lot of times with this sort of stuff, it's confident. It really, it's not about technology. It's more about confidence and planning. They're the two things that people fall behind on. People think they're going to look stupid if they do it and they don't plan. And because they don't plan, it seems like a gargantuan task to undertake. And the minute you put a plan in place, everything else seems kind of a little bit simpler.
1: As with everything in life, mm. as with running a business, running a family, when you've got a plan and you've thought out, it's always easier. It's when you're trying to wing it that it's harder. So, I suppose that that's sort of a nice sort of segue into how has COVID 19 affected your business? And I would imagine prior to this, most of your training was face to face in a meeting room, in a classroom, because you teach us a sort of wide demographic of people, whether students, college. Uh, business owners, and it would be in a face-to-face environment, and people can actually physically see the setup and the equipment. So, wh- what has happened to your business in terms of how you're um, training people? Or tell tell us more about that.
0: Well, it's funny. Um, so yeah, I my training was always primarily um, uh, face-to-face, and I see the value in that. You know, small classes, you've enough equipment, everyone gets hands-on, they get to use it, uh, and there was real value to that. Um. Obviously, that is any sort of training I had, uh, physical training I had was was cancelled indefinitely for the rest of the year. Um, but it is funny about demographics and teaching people online. Uh, I had done a tender for, for a project, which I subsequently didn't get. And in that tender, I included an element of online training, which they didn't ask for. I just looked at the current environment. And I said, um, well, the way it's going, I'm going to have to include an element of online training. Um, and the feedback I got was thanks. But at the same time, we'd prefer face-to-face training. Given the demographic that we were dealing with, we thought it would make more sense. And I was like, I 100% agree with that. But given the current climate, it's going to seem less feasible to be able to do that. So I figured we should try and adapt for that sort of of environment. So I am doing online training um, uh, more than I was. Originally, when this all happened, um, I took the time to focus on finishing projects uh, because outside of training, I do a lot of um, content creation and I do a lot of video work for different companies. And um, so I took the time to uh, re-energize, to finish that stuff, to plan and um, to think ahead. I took it as kind of a more of a, a chance to take a break um, and to go back and look at my business and, and focus on on the important things and, and 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 start to kind of make some changes and, and and think further down the road so now that I've kind of got that stuff done only in the last week or so I've really moved into the online um, training element there's a real focus I've been working with clients one-on-one they contact me I've been speaking them over the phone over zoom but in terms of mass training I've only really started that in the last uh, week or so um, and it's been relatively successful I mean I, I I've been training people all weekend I'm training now most days this week, um, but um, it's a little bit more structured in my approach. Um, So for me, it hasn't been a massive impact um, because I generally tend to, you know, any any sort of it's really just a physical training that fell by the wayside, um, and that has corner, kind of been replaced now with online training. And given what I teach and what I do, um there's a real benefit to it, so there's a real advantage to it. So people generally tend are 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 eager to take part in it. So any sort of non-training I've been doing has has been has been imposed by myself in order to kind of uh, reassess and, and and plan.
1: And that that's a good segue into my next question. Then, so where do you? see the opportunities in the future and how do you see you know when we come out of what we're calling the, the we're in a new normal and we're going to come into another new normal because they're all phases of what we're going through right now how do you see your business reacting to what is coming down the line
0: well I've, before we went into this, I had, I had, you know, I had some course elements done with, uh, with businesses and things like that, but now it's, it's, I've revamped it. That's what I've taken the time to do uh, during this period is to build a substantial online, uh, aspect to it, uh, which is not something I, I had in place before because I, I very much valued the the face-to-face training. But given that, who knows what kind of landscape that'll be like, uh, moving forward, uh, I've invested heavily in uh, online elements and I'm, I'm working in conjunction with, um, one or two businesses, uh, in order to, uh, on, online schools in order to build a curriculum, uh, for teaching. And that's really where my focus will be moving forward. Uh, I do have, uh, a number of, um, uh, face-to-face clients, things that are, are ready to start off whenever we're allowed to go back. I have a number of training, uh, but I see now that my focus primarily move into an online element, um, uh, with still with still physical training, but just to focus more on um, an online element i'm also working in conjunction with somebody else in order to um, revamp and expand the current uh, physical training i'm doing uh, into sort of a media package type thing so so I, I, there, I I've utilized this time correctly i think um there was a real desire at the start to jump straight into online classes and free this and free that and um i took the time instead to focus on what would happen after this. And I generally see a massive kind of improvement and a lot of opportunities from conversations that I've had with people about where I'm going next.
1: Super. And tell us a little bit about your ideal client then. Who who do you like working with?
0: I love work. So the ideal client for me, my demographic or the people at my type customer base can, can vary, It can be anyone. Um, but generally the ideal client for me is, is somebody who appreciates and understands the value of wanting to do it and understanding the value of being able to do it. Sometimes you work with people um, and they, they, they want it done, but inevitably they want it done for them. Um, and it's the clients who who seize it and jump on it and relish the idea of it. And once they get over the initial uh, impact of, of, of mainly f- feeling stupid because they think it's not going to look great. Once they get over that and they run with it, they're the clients I love to work with because they're almost hungry to learn more and they want to know more and they want to know this. And like I have a, a couple of clients, I have one in particular, and she, um, since this has started, she's gone hell for leather on the uh, Instagram TV um, aspect of things And she's got a real desire and she's online. She's learning stuff. She's asking me questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? And now she wants to, now she's confident enough with the, with the, you know, press record and go. Now she wants to learn how to get a little bit more creative in terms of editing. She wants to learn how to improve her, um, her traction, her, her, um, she's gone into the analytic side of it. She wants to understand now I'm doing it. I want to understand how to improve people seeing it. So there's a client I love is somebody who understands the value of, of, of needing to do it and, and and relishes the chance to do it, um, and that can be anybody uh, yeah, but somebody
1: just, I, I i get it somebody who who values it wants to do it, but then you see them i suppose i suppose you see them flourishing and they 're going on that journey with you to independence and self sufficiency but there' you know yeah. i suppose there 's a vitality to to the process for them. So that's why
0: I've had clients, I have clients and I've had clients who who are all up for it and then you leave them alone and then you message them four weeks later and, or you talk to them four weeks later and like, Oh no, I haven't got around to it. Or, you know, they just, because they're, they're very, very busy and it's, it's, it's asking somebody to, it seems like it's asking somebody to insert something extra into their working life or something, but that's where the planning element of it comes in. And once you plan it, it becomes something that's very minuscule. You I mean, you're talking about spending one day a month recording three or four videos um, that serves you or, or three or four or five videos that keeps you going for the next four or five weeks or whatever, it covers that whole basis. So, so yeah, sometimes you'll meet clients and they're, they're really up and they're really interested in it, but they just can't add it to their working week. And it's yeah. the people who understand the value of it and are able to kind of incorporate it. They're the ones who really uh, flourish. They're the really interesting people to work with.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% I, I will have, I'll admit that I have fallen into that trap and been exactly that case study that you just described. But I think, you know, even I'm, I'm starting my own blog now. And as I said to the, the person who's uploaded it, you know, how many do I need to have done? And she goes, have 10 written in advance. Now i Ooh, right okay but that's what I'm working towards because then I know if there's 10 I front loaded and it buys me that time to do my next load yeah. that I've taken sort of the pressure off but it's manageable and then you know I suppose within the podcast world there's a thing called pod fade mm-hmm. where people think it's oh it's great I'm gonna do it whatever and after six most pods podcasts die because people haven't planned they haven't front loaded their content they haven't realized how much work is going to be involved so I think you either have to be bought in or don't do it, but don't be don't get disenfranchised because you weren't you didn't have your your planning done in in advance.
0: There's also an expectation with things like that, particularly in podcasting, of, of of success. You know, I've launched a podcast, it's going really well, but you're not getting as many listeners as you think. And then suddenly you're like, well no, he's not as popular as I thought it would be. But there's also an element of of, of selling it after that. You know what I mean? Of marketing your thing. I mean it's it's great to learn how to do it, but you need to be consistent and you need to there's an element of effort that goes into kind of getting the word out and showing, particularly around podcasting. I mean, you really have to like, I I've, podcasting is funny because asking to, and we're doing one now, but you're, you're, it's a big commitment to ask for, for somebody's time. You know what I mean? To ask someone to listen to you for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and it's just getting the word out about it. Um and that's why a lot of them fade because people kind of like, oh, I didn't get enough listeners. One of the reasons that I love doing podcasts is a chance to have a conversation with people. Um, and it's a yeah. chance to have a conversation with people that is becoming rare and rare. So it's a really easy way to approach someone and say, hey, listen, rather can I have a conversation and pick your brains about what it is you do? It's like, hey, can, do you want to be on my podcast or can I talk to you for a podcast? And suddenly you're having a conversation with someone for 15, 20 minutes that you normally wouldn't get. And that's the value for me in, in, in doing them as well is just it's a chance to pick someone's brains reach out to somebody I find interesting and say, Hey, listen, can I speak to you for this? And if I find it interesting, somebody else will. So it has a networking tool. I think podcasts are great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, And funnily enough, my, when I get my own podcast up and running, get the blog up and running. So we're, we're all about managing expectations here. The next thing, uh, the next course of, of world domination will be doing the podcast and you helped set up this podcast for venture business network so thank you for that yes. um and i think it's a great i'm i'm delighted with it because i'm i really want to ca- keep adding layers of success and progress into into venture what we're doing and the story that we're, we're telling so d- tell me a little bit about um why you joined venture what venture is helping you um, achieve
0: through through this time? Well, I don't feel I don't feel alone. As I said, I spend 90% of my time in, a, in this small room uh, when I'm not out training. I'm most of the time in front of this TV here in this small room. So being able to kind of liaise with a, a, a group of professionals who are from totally different industries to me, uh, I find to be very, very... It's nice to reach out to people, be able to ask people questions. It's nice to be able to chat with people, even if it's not generally business-related it's nice to know that you have people like this. I, it was a conversation um, I had earlier on today, actually, where we were just saying about how it's a level playing field in the sense that this whole situation is very, very frustrating, but it's also reassuring that everybody's in the same boat together. And And it would be more frustrating if you, ran a, you were a business owner and you were looking at competitors, you were looking at businesses Flourish and thrive while you had your hands tied on your back because of this. So everybody is sort of in the same boat. So there's a unity in that. So being able to speak to people quite regularly and to liaise with people uh, who are in the same boat but from different industries gives you an extra element of support. Um, And everybody's out looking out for each other. So there's been a lot of opportunities for me during this period because of being part of venture. Because if I wasn't, I'd be on my own and I'd be emailing people. And to be honest with you, before I joined Venture, I was on my own. I was emailing people and I found that working in, in in Venture has given me an opportunity and given me an outlet to be able to talk to people and to be able to lazy people. And I've gotten more success and and more uh, contacts since joining uh, Venture because I've, I've be actually been liaising with, with people. And, and and there's a lot like when you're emailing and you're trying to get through the front door and you're on your own, you're emailing people and nobody knows who you are, um, that's difficult and that's to me more isolating than the way i am now Um at least i'm I'm trapped in my house but my business isn't trapped in behind that some sort of you know wall of me trying to get someone's attention i'm able to talk to people i'm able to with people so um i'm able to 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 utilize that a lot better and plus there's a number of different things that are going on as you mentioned the 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 classes that are going on and the 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 i can't think of the word it's eluded me now but the The thing, even the thing I'm doing this week in terms of being able to kind of leverage people's um, knowledge um, in a way to kind of benefit you and and to have all those, to be able to drop into them during the week is perfect, even in an online capacity.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. I think we'll wrap it up um been a pleasure speaking with you this afternoon uh, lo- I love one of the things that fascinates me about networking and for those who are new, I absolutely love the networking um it's definitely found my calling in life but it fascinates me what people do what brought them to what they 're doing and um I love just seeing people success and grow and connect and just as you say, just open doors and um get people collaborating and and on with people that they would never have known before or just coming up with new business opportunity or joint venture or whatever. I just, I just love that whole world of bringing people, being, being that connector. So I, It's
0: funny, just on a random note before you go, you asked me earlier on what brought me to this. I know exactly what brought me to this moment in time. I know exactly what decision it was that brought me here and it's the most random thing ever. I went to Canada and I needed to network with people and uh, so I joined a running club I randomly, just randomly picked a running club and the running club was uh, turned out to be an off-season Australian rules team that were training. Uh, and one of the guys, only one of the guys was Irish on the team, he's from Dundalk. And I am the least sporty person ever. And he said to me, would you play Australian rules football? And I said, I, I can't. And he goes, can you kick a ball? And I go, barely. And he goes, you're in. And it was the most scary thing I'd ever done in my life. But I did not die. I <laughs> scored a couple of goals. And ever since then, I've been like, yeah, I'll, I can do it. And that was the thing that drove me after that. I felt like an idiot every day going out on the pitch, getting my ass handed to me by people. But <laughs> it made me tougher and it made me stronger. And ever since then, every decision has been like, do you know what, I can do it. And that was all because I didn't want to be on my own in a foreign country. And I reached out to a random group of people and the support that they gave me brought me to here.
1: Absolutely. And I remember the first day you walked into that, that uh, meeting room in, in Bray Golf Club as well. And you haven't looked back (laughs) back. (laughs) perfect uh, listen Robert it's been a pleasure always love talking to you always good to shoot the breeze and uh, thanks very much for your time
0: yeah perfect thanks so much well there you have it hopefully an interesting chat with myself and an insight into what I do day to day for more information on my business film smart productions you can check it out at www.filmsmartpro.com if you're interested in finding out more about the venture business network you can find out more at www.venturenetwork.ie if you found this episode useful be sure to share us on social media and if you're on ios drop into the app store and give us a review it helps get the word out until next time stay safe and stay connected